Welcome in, everybody. A little JCS sort of reaction, if you will. It's not sort of a reaction. We will have a reaction right here, right now. We were off today as we made our way back from Orlando. Tom driving, me driving, uh, and uh, just getting back into Tallahassee a little while ago. So, But we did want to sit down and at least react to that huge win last night before we get started uh, let me let me thank our friends at the Battles Inn. Speaking of which, by the way, Tom, I normally I just like to mention the Battles Inn as they are a sponsor of a lot of stuff we do. I I, I would suggest, folks, that uh, if you like Keon Coleman and Jaheim Bell and I don't know, like virtually every player you see that came back, Jordan Travis, <laughs> amongst others, um, maybe maybe sign up to be a part of the Battles Inn and. Uh, and join the roster of many that want to see Florida State succeed in games like that one last night. It makes it all the easier to do so when you can retain players or, and I would never suggest inducements, Tom, lure players uh, with the opportunity uh, to perhaps be a part of the Battles Inn themselves or the benefactors of the Battles Inn. So sign up today, thebattlesin.com. Well, obviously, buddy, um, uh, you know, 31 to seven in the second half. Um, you give up a cheapy late uh, on the long pass, uh, or else LSU is completely uh, obliterated in that half of football. And, you know, I'm going to say this to you, and I, I think you've rewatched the game. I, I just got done rewatching the game upon arriving home, and I did so with a notepad. And I'm going to tell you that I, um, I came away. Watch from watching this game thinking two things. LSU, Florida State didn't play that well. <laughs> I mean, LSU, you, you took that kind of an ass kicking and we didn't play all that well. I mean, Florida State can be a lot better than they were last night. And I, I, I'm not trying to belittle the win or what we accomplished or, or even LSU. I'm just pointing out that there were a lot of mistakes. That first half was just a mistake fest. Stupid penalties that aid LSU drives, missed opportunities by Jordan Travis, drops galore from Johnny Wilson, and you had another one to Jaheim Bell, hit him right in the hands. It would have been a big – I mean, goodness gracious, Florida State could have been much more efficient for this game. Now, if you want to counter – and then, Tom, I'll let you say if you think I'm right or wrong on that. If you want to counter as an LSU fan, you can, because what you would say, and I think rightfully so, is you probably should have put more of a punishment on us in that first half, because had you done so, the game may have taken on a different direction. Um, they had nearly 300 yards of offense in the first half to LSU, and all of those red zone trips and came away with only 17 points. So they they kind of blew some opportunities there in that first half. But the adjustments at halftime by Florida State on both sides of the ball was sheer domination in the second half. Yeah, to me, it's funny. Uh, we agree. We see a lot of things about the world the same way. Just scratching the surface was what I saw last night and what I saw in the rewatch today. You know, Jordan Travis, there's, there's a graphic on ESPN.com right now and it's Eric McLean from ACC Network, nice guy, good guy, saying that Jordan Travis is at his peak. Not last night, no. In the first half, I thought Jordan Travis was borderline awful. The decisions he made, the lack of decision-making that he had, the lack of composure in certain circumstances. He had good moments, don't get me wrong. The numbers weren't awful. But the standard by which Jordan Travis can perform week to week and what we saw in camp, he didn't come close to living up to it in the first half. 
You're talking about decisions on throwing a bubble when you just hand it off to Trey Benson. He's rolling out right or he's rolling out left. Take the seven yards that are in front of you. Run, young man. Run. Uh, some of the run checks, uh, some of the throws he made on the run were well, awful. He could have been picked off on an early throw to Keon Coleman in the first quarter. He's rolling left. He throws the ball. If the defensive back turns around, that might be an interception. You got the play after the muff punt. You've got, I don't know how that LSU didn't come away with the ball in the first half but we're outside of our own end zone. And Jordan's decision-making there, that looked like Jameis with the Bucks in the 30 interception year. It, it was strange. It, it, you don't, you got to go back a ways to see that kind of um, lack of uh, awareness and panic. You yeah. know, when he, when he jumps up in that situation down there on the goal line like that, he, first of all, what do you, I, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, his arm gets hit, but it, it was it's such an ill-advised decision. The, the play's over. You just throw it away or you take a sack and you, you live to fight another day, but he throws it to the middle of the field. Yep. Should have been picked. Would have been LSU's ball on the 10. Mm -hmm. um, I It was weird, but I do think, and again, I agree with you. I don't think he played real well in the first half. Played very well in the second half. I oh, will yeah. say, I think there's probably no quarterback in the country who's completely immune to some first-game rust and some issues, uh, especially when facing a really good opponent early. You know, I, I thought Wingo kind of controlled Maurice Smith and dominated him inside a lot. That's um, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought that we had a hard time with him. Um, I, I think a lot of teams will have a hard time with him. He's a, he's a wrecker. Um, 18 is a player. He's a really good player. And we struggled with him a little bit. Um, but we did do a good job. I thought when we were able to start running the ball in the second half, you know, we ran the ball three consecutive times to start the second half. He clearly Mike was sending a message Yep. Um, that, we, you know, you had 30 something yards rushing at halftime that ain't going to get it done. And that led to the, some of the pressures that Jordan had because they were in situations where the linebackers didn't have to make decisions. And, and I think in the second half, we changed what they were looking at by running the football. And then that opened everything up. Yeah, I, I want to come around because I'm not in a negative place about this game. I'm thrilled with what I saw. I know that my take so far on this podcast has been Jordan Travis was awful. Well, he was brilliant in the second half. I think there was one decision where I go, oh, Jordan, what are you doing? Other than that, he's brilliant. And here's the thing. I don't think overall he played well. I think if this was a day of practice and that's what he put out there in camp, that would have been a C plus. For B him, yeah. Yeah, B minus. Yeah. And if he can have a C plus day or a B minus day, right, right, and we can smoke the hell out of LSU, yes, yes, we are just scratching the surface of what we're doing here. There are so many players that applies to. I think it applies to Trey Benson as well. Yep. He's trying to internalize the different philosophy that Coach Yak and and Mike Norvell are trying to get him to understand, which is we need you to run more decisive. You need to be a little bit different. He's still thinking about the way that that's going to manifest itself in the game. I thought the best run of the night for Trey Benson was uh, it's the scoring drive. Jaheim Bell caps it. It's a, it's that touchdown drive. It's the first run. It's 12 yards. It's up the middle. He's not thinking. They had pulled him off to the sideline the previous drive because he tried to bounce something that he had no business bouncing, and he Correct. took a loss. Trey will get better. I'm not worried about him. He's he's internalizing and, and now seeing at live speed the differences that they're asking from him. He's trying to put it in practice without having to think. But he's thinking. I think he's going to be okay. Lawrence Toafili ran the ball a hell of a lot better than Trey Benson did last night. He was way more consistent and took what was in front of him. He also was um, not just consistent. He was patient. 
Correct. I Correct. thought he was very, very patient. There's a timing with this scheme that you need mm-hmm. to run the ball. And Trey wasn't awful last night. Like no, consistently, no. there was a great run in the first half where he waits for Jeremiah Byers to do what Jeremiah Byers is there to do, which is lead the way on a counter. Mm-hmm. He was patient enough for that. So there's really good in Trey. Don't get me wrong. It's just he, I think what he's about to develop into, evolve into is something even better than we saw last year. And I think that's going to be fun to document as we go along. I will say, though, I find it interesting. We disagree about Maurice Smith a little bit here. As the game went along, I watched the trenches a hell of a lot more the second time through. Yeah. I was more impressed with our pass pro than I was our run blocking, and I oh. did not expect to see that. Yeah, no, no, I agree as the game wore on. And I think once we started running the ball, then you were able to pass protect better because now, again, there was just a beat, just a beat where LSU couldn't just come upfield. And and I and I think that's true. In the first half, I thought, uh, Makai Wingo, he, he, he gave us all kinds of problems. He flushed Travis numerous times, didn't result in a sack, didn't result in a bad play, just resulted in the play being broken down. Yeah. Um, and I, and I thought he was able to do that pretty consistently in the first half, uh, kind of all over the field, but in the second half, you barely hear his name. So I've got a theory on, on Jordan Travis night last night, because if you think about all that he's been through in his life and all of the circumstances last year where, you know, do or die moments against Florida, the downs of the NC state game. And then you go all the way back a year ago to the LSU kickoff and how composed he was. And we said, Oh my God, we're, we're on the brink of watching something really fun here. And how is it possible that you're composed in all of those circumstances? You learn your lesson from NC State, kind of showed his ass in the weight game a little bit too on the sidelines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are you nervous again? Like, how does that happen? My theory, amateur psychologist here, is Jordan Travis is aware about what's to come with this offense and the production and the spotlight. And in a way, his life is about to change because we know him. We love Jordan Travis. We love the story. We know it inside and out, and he's easy to root for. But the country's about to find out about Jordan Travis. The next step of his life is going to be one of the quarterbacks that's talked about on college game day every single week that people in Austin are going to know about, people in L.A., people in Eugene, Oregon. They're going to be talking about Jordan Travis. I think the magnitude of this is the first day of the rest of my life may have been contributing to the butterflies for Jordan because he knows that this offense is loaded and he's about to be the most talked about player for this offense that's going to light it up all season long. Also the opponent, also the magnitude of the game. It's a night game in Orlando with the country watching. I don't care who you are, even if you're composed, it's a different kind of feel than it is playing you know, anybody Southern Miss this Saturday, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's a different game. Those other guys have some good players on that team and, and, you know, they, they got to them a little bit early. And I think, I think you saw, yeah, you saw some that were unforced and that is putting pressure on yourself. Right. And, and maybe having things move a little quicker, quicker than you'd like, but really composed in the second half. I, I just thought, and with Jordan, you know, the interesting thing too, Tom, to, to add to your point, I think it's a good one. I, I think for Jordan, the other part of this is that, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that he truly believed two years ago that he could be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he may have wanted to be. Everybody wants to be something. And to your point, when suddenly you're on the cusp of uh, fulfilling a dream where you've come light years from where you were, that he knows it is. A, it's not just a, a, a distinct possibility. It is a very high likelihood he's going to play in the National Football League. 
Two yeah. years ago, we would never have said that about Jordan Travis. We would have said maybe he makes a practice squad, maybe he's a third stringer somewhere because they need a mobile quarterback or something like that. But we didn't think that he could emerge as a true starting quarterback prospect in the NFL. And now here he is because the league has changed a lot too. And now you can't say that six foot one quarterbacks are not a thing or six feet tall quarterbacks aren't a thing. They're all over the league. I mean, there's three or four guys that aren't appreciably bigger than Jordan Travis. So I, I think, you know, we've seen that now and um, it's a real possibility for him. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe it's just like, Holy moly, this has all happened so fast. Right. And here we are. I mean, cause last year he was in a spotlight game like this and, and there's a chip on your shoulder because you want to prove to people mm -hmm. what you can be. Yeah. Now he's arrived. The camp was so good. Again, if I don't sound enthused, it's just because we're beat. We're exhausted. Oh, <laughs> we yeah, did, we're, a we're, yeah, did a lot of work. We're we tired. did a lot over the weekend. I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon with this team because I think overall you could say that Jordan played B minus C plus. I think the team played B minus or C plus. That's what I'm saying. Play. I didn't think that we played all that well. And it's amazing. Now think about this. You dominate LSU in the second half. Okay. Dominate them. Now, there's not an aspect of the game you don't dominate in the second half. I mean, it is a thorough complete domination of LSU in the second half. I mean, two different teams showed up for first half, second half, and it, and it applies to both teams. You know, I heard a lot of talk today, driving back and checking national stuff and podcasts and reading articles about the game. And there was so much talk about, quote, unquote, I, I heard the phrase collapse uh, described or, or applied to LSU repeatedly. And I was like, whoa, 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 there's a reason for the quote unquote collapse yeah. of LSU in the second half. The other team had a lot to say about that collapse from LSU. I mean, they were more physical than LSU in the second half. They dominated mm -hmm. the game. Yeah. It's just that a collapse is usually when you implode, you drop the ball on your two, you drop the ball. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Yep. And Florida State just took what they wanted. Yeah, and and I heard um, one of our guys out in LSU breaking down the immediate reaction, which I was I was thrilled to listen to because of the arrogance that some of the LSU media community had about this game, and they were dead wrong, and we were dead right, and that's satisfying when that happens. It makes you feel a little bit extra gusto. Talking about like their dog died with the drops that LSU had, guys. It's a wash last night in terms of the drops. Oh my the god. The two that Johnny had are on third down. And then Jaheim Bell, again, you're extending drives. You're going to go score on those drives if you're Florida State. So, yeah, you could talk about Lacey and how he's one-on-one -on -one with his safety. And, like, the, he, he presented it like, well, there was an angle that you could find. Like, no, Kirk Herbstreet broke it down for the world to see when the fourth quarter started that, you know, it's a one-on-one -on -one with Lacey and the safety. Fair. But Johnny Wilson had a lot of F in space in two circumstances last night where he dropped the ball. So that's a wash. So that excuse is gone. What what else do you have for me in the second half where you get beat to the like a drum? You could even say our last score was in garbage time before theirs. So 24 straight, 24 straight points. What's yeah. your answer for that? It's yeah. Florida State is good. Yeah, Florida well, State is better than you. That yeah, is the answer. The answer is a resounding Florida State is better than LSU. And that's now back-to-back -back years in which Florida State has proven they're better than LSU. I mean, that you know, it's, you can say once is a fluke. You can't say twice is a fluke. And this is definitely not a fluke. It was Florida State was a vastly superior team. Yeah. Florida State presents a lot of problems 
for uh, a lot of teams now. I mean, I, I think the Keon Coleman thing that we talked about this offseason and what we talked about, I remember saying, you know, if they can just go get one more dude at wide receiver, this team could be really something. And that dude happens to be the best receiver on the team. I mean, Keon Coleman's the best receiver Florida State has, and he's one of the best receivers in the country. And he's going to be arguably the best receiver in the ACC. And so you now have that guy to go along with Johnny Wilson, who if he ever just catches the damn ball consistently will be also unstoppable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like they the other options, you know, it's interesting. Morlock only had, I think, two catches for 10 yards. He played a lot of football last night, Tom. Kyle Morlock was in this game a lot. They trust him clearly as a blocker and as somebody that is going to be where he's supposed to be. I mean, they yeah. really trust him. They, yeah, I, I don't see it compared to Biscuit in terms of the aptitude blocking. It's not that he's awful at it. It's just, I think. No, I don't. I, don't I, I thought, don't you think? Well, we let's read into this a little bit here. So Florida State was that kind of dominant last night and really got nothing from Fabian Lovett. Yeah, uh, there's one play Fabian Lovett is a big part of. Yep, and that's near the goal line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so there's one play where he's really involved and he helps you a lot on that play. Mm -hmm. There's really not another play where you're like, oh, Fabian jumped. Now, Farmer was a stud last night. Yes, he was. And Farmer was your best defensive tackle last night, and Farmer is a problem for people. He played really well, and he collapsed the middle a lot. Uh, yep. Fisk, Fisk helped out there, too. Uh, it, it Dennis, good job, Dennis. Proud of you. Played well last night. Um, but I mean, I, if you get Fabian Lovett back at full speed, and God forbid we do get this waiver from Daryl Jackson for him, uh, this is yeah. a this is going to be a hard team to beat. But if you flip it back over off, oh by the way, Ventrell Cypress, great game. I thought Ventrell Cypress played well. Yeah, there was he got beat once by neighbors. That's yep. going to happen. Yep. That's gonna, you know, yeah. This is the best receiving core that you're going to see until mm -hmm. maybe a playoff if you can get there. Yeah, no, no. He yes, they have some dudes at wide receiver, no doubt. And with the way that Jaden buys some time, it's an awfully tough ask. Yeah, he uh, played I, well. I thought for the most oh, part. Oh, I thought he did. I thought yeah, I thought he did. He's uh, got issues though. We nailed that scout. He's got issues when when there's pressure. He doesn't know what to do, and and that's oh, Daniels, his, yeah. Yeah, in, in terms of avoiding a sack. If there's pressure, he, he panics. His eyes come down. That's his weakness. Everybody's got their kryptonite. But I thought, largely speaking, he played very, very well last night. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see um, just how much better this Florida State team gets. I, I think they had a, a about a B-minus performance last night. Yep. When you count both halves and you really look at it, they were kind of the tail of two halves. They can clean up a lot of that stuff. I think they will. Obviously, not everybody you play has LSU's personnel, so some of these things aren't going to stand out. I mean, if you make a mistake against a really good team, it usually gets exposed. Yep. Uh, doesn't always get gets exposed when you're bigger, stronger, faster. And Florida State will be for the vast majority of their remaining games, save for Clemson. So I, I think you know you're going to see this team just get better and better and play with more confidence and play um, you know a cleaner football game. But if you know when you think about what else they'll see from some of these guys that we didn't get a lot from last night in terms of the numbers. I mentioned Fabian Lovett. Biscuit, I got to tell you, he had a great camp. I, I, there's, Do you think there was a message being sent? To it could have been. It, it has. We have a couple of guys that I think angered the coaches somehow, somewhere along the way. Like, it's a doghouse thing, I think. I, it just happens. But obviously – we talked about 
Jacobs forever. And then all of a sudden he went from being productive, productive, productive to can't find him on the two deep. You know, and all of a sudden he's not there. Like you're just yeah. kind of like, hmm, must have pissed off Ron Dugans, may have angered Norvell. I'm speculating. We don't know this. I'm speculating. We don't know this, but it seems odd. And then like Morlock went from having, you know, Morlock had a good camp, but he didn't like wow us. He didn't do anything where you're like, ooh, Biscuit did several times. Yeah. And so I just found that interesting. I thought that was very odd. Uh, it could be banged and bruised too. Again, I don't know that. I don't, and we're not allowed to talk injuries, but I feel like it's something outside of merit in camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. The, uh, you know, again, the, I think the moratorium is lifted to a degree after you see a team play in camp. You know, when you're talking about important reps with the upper class, the upper line of your roster, Biscuit was out there way more than Kyle was. Oh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Just so I, I kept thinking when I was, when I saw that, I was like, what in the world is this? Um, just, just odd. Just some things well, that are odd. Here's the other thing. They weren't lying with that too deep that they released. We thought the Jerry on Jones thing was strange. Jerry on played a lot. We thought the Kyle Morlock thing was strange. Kyle played a lot. So the coaches were telling us like, these are the dudes rolling out there. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, Hey, pat on the back for a good camp or Hey, you know, academic all America status. Let's give you some run for week one. That was legit. The group that they rolled out there. Yeah. But what was this? Uh, what was the snap count for bless Harris who got in there a lot? Uh, I, there might've been something that occurred for Robert during the game. Okay. I, I think, I think that's why he came out. Okay. Cause I, I was like, Whoa, I mean, you know, from the stands and I, I need to go back. I, I screwed up when I did the rewatch. I'll rewatch it again, probably before the smash tonight. Um, but I, I like somewhere later in the game, I'm sitting there watching just now before we came on and I was like, that's right. I haven't seen Scott out there. And then I was looking, I was like, eh. There's Bless yeah. Harris out there most of the most of the game. Yeah, Robert did begin the game. Um, somewhere yeah. along the way, there was a substitution. I think Bless was even rotating it right. I could be wrong about that. But I think he and Byers were – the plan was as the depth chart laid it out. Now, the one thing that was kind of surprising, though, that was not indicated on the depth chart, not this clearly at least, was that Keandre Jones played right guard, a yeah. lot of it. And Keandre had to fight through some things in camp. That, that was, I think that was part of the issue there where you, if you didn't hear his name a lot in the practice reports, that's, that's probably why. Uh, so clearly he's back up to speed. They try to run counter with him. He's not fast enough. Please don't do that. Um, but I thought that the first dude off the bench for Meech would, would have been uh, Darius Washington. And it was Keandre Jones, in fact. So I, I found that to be surprising by the end of the night. I don't know if that's, uh, again, somebody being banged up. If it was merit, they're saying we got to put somebody else out there. Whatever the reason, Keandre had a ton of snaps last night for the offense. Yeah. So it's nice to have the kind of luxury we're describing where certain guys don't play a lot and you expect them to and they yeah. had good camps, but some other guy fills in last night and plays and plays really well. You know, you, you end up realizing that the depth that we hammered home in order to provide context for the season and relaying what we were seeing in camp, we talked so often about competition. We talked an awful lot about having, you know, three guys here, four guys in this segment group, uh, 10 guys in this segment group, you know, five guys you really trust in this segment group. Really thought it played out last night. You had a lot of guys that you're kind of surprised to see. Maybe you raise an eyebrow out there and then you're like, but you know what? That's quality depth that they're able to roll out there. Man, that do span play. I, I was um, <laughs> my man Lakewood. There you go. I figured I'd, I'd bring that up so you could say that. I screamed but it in the stands. They they did not set it up. So there's, no. there's a reason LSU is game to that. You know, when when they ran in practice the first time, 
They had two bubbles to deuce. It was a period three, and they're going down the field, late game scenario, whatever. Two bubbles to deuce to start the drive. No double pass, no nothing. Then they throw for the double pass, and I think he completed it to Daniel down the field. Uh, they did not do that last night. That's why LSU was like, what's five doing in? Why, why is five in the game? Something's yeah. up. I just thought they forced that. It was a third and one. Seemed like a strange time to call a double pass play. But wow. Buddy, he scrambled legitimately 40 yards. Yeah, he, he ran across one side of the field to the other. And, you know, I will tell you, you see the old quarterback in him. Yeah. You know, that's what he played in high school. So it, it's it's funny. You look at him and you, he was very composed. Mm-hmm. And he's such a good athlete. He just kind of gingerly scooted around a guy, got over to his right side, just kind of like, I'm good, man. I've done this before. And that's a dart to Johnny. It's a good throw. Yeah, so they're going to get chewed out for a lot of reasons. Now, this that, that was a coaching timing thing, but they're going to get chewed out for a lot of reasons in film, like across the board. There's so much to clean up, and that's yeah. what gets me so excited. And that's You're- always it's always the case from game one to game two, as they say. It's cliche, but it really is true. You can never replicate under the lights. Yeah. You can't replicate the adrenaline you feel when you get out there for a game like this. And it can get the best of you. I thought it did a little bit last night, and they just didn't execute in some areas. But I know we're we're not going to go long here tonight. We're going to go ahead and just get this up on out there for you to give you a reaction. But that said, I think we're over the moon about yeah. the fact that we can pinpoint all of these mistakes and mm-hmm lack of execution and penalties and dumb things that they hadn't been really guilty of at all during camp. We can pinpoint these things, but we're both very aware that in doing so, we're not ignoring a 45 point output yeah. uh, and all of the pluses, all of the evidence that this team is very, very good. Yeah. They played, uh, they played like ass in the first half detail wise. And they really could have, at the end of the game, because of the drops, you could tell me that they would have scored 59 at max output or 62. And I, I agree. I agree. That is what they were capable of last night was upper 50s, lower 60s. That is absurd. I get nervous when I say that aloud. And Dabo, you should too. And everybody else on the schedule, you should too. If I am a true freshman on this roster after what I saw last night, I'm preparing all the more this week in practice because not just because you're playing Southern Miss. But I'm going to get a lot of playing time this yeah. year. I'm getting a lot of playing time you this year. You can develop a lot of quality depth. Let's lay it out there for everybody really quickly. So I don't know how quickly this will get up. Tom, you're going to post this pretty much right away? Yeah, about like 5.30. Yeah. Okay, so it's 5.30 now at the time that you're listening to this. If you just jumped on, uh, we're doing a 7 o'clock smash tonight, me and Ira. Look forward to it. Uh, also, by the way, really quickly, 50% is it 50% off right now still today. Yeah, it's through the end of the day that, and on top of that, because of the win, we're adding on a $25 gift card to Garnet and gold. It's a Garnet gift code. Yeah. So you can use it on the site. Uh, you don't have to, it's not a gift certificate that you got to turn into the desk, which makes it a lot more convenient. But if you think about that, that's 25 bones for an annual membership. And if you go Christmas shopping at Garnet and gold for your dad or yourself, you're going right. to get that money back in discounts too. So just, it's a no brainer. Yeah, it is no brainer. So get signed up for what we have. It's going to be an unbelievable season. So, and we, we really are off to a good start. I thought everybody did great work over in Orlando Yeah, and we had a lot of fun. It was good to see everybody, by the way. I, I'm the reason I'm ta- kind of soft spoken right now. I'm, I barely have a voice. I was all fan last night. I was in the stands hooping it up uh, with my brothers and, 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 and sisters. We had a good time. It was awesome. Go Knowles. It was a great win. And uh, a fun time. 
little tired, but tonight we'll do the smash at seven o'clock. And then tomorrow is Seminole headlines and JCS is back with you on Wednesday. So uh, we will have plenty all this week as we get uh, built up for Southern Miss in the home opener. And one thing to note, um, this will be a quick week. Uh, you know, it'll be a quick week. We're already at headlines tomorrow. And, and next thing you know, you and I do our first show of the week together on Wednesday. And, and it's like, holy moly, here we go. Yeah. You know, who's uh, extremely thankful for what happened last night beyond, you know, Knowles everywhere, the battles and warchant.com. The city of Tallahassee is going to be a little busier for Southern Miss and for Virginia Tech. And people want to come just, watch this team. Yeah. Oh, you want to be a part of this people. This is, this is a special group. I don't know how the season's going to go all the way. But if you can play barely above average and drop 45, that's the most points that a top five team and their openers ever given up. Well, given up since 1968. Yeah. Since was, 1968. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, their fans have a lot of talking uh, to, to, to do amongst each other. A lot of what, what was that moments? Used, the LSU fans I saw leaving the stadium uh, midway through the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, uh, those fans had that look of, Damn. I mean, we just got owned. Okay. And we always talk about what a civil rivalry this has kind of become. I, I don't know that it will be for them anymore. They're, they, we, they're owned by FSU. We're uh, closing in on a, on a golden bohica here pretty quickly with LSU. So let me ask you the two questions about painting the picture. Cause I wasn't there last night. My voice is hoarse. Cause I had to talk over the people at a hooch and the DJ blare, blaring stuff until one in the morning. Mm. But that means I didn't get to hear it. I didn't get to see it in terms of the crowd splits. I heard as, as good as 70-30 for oh, I, I was going to say 75-25, yeah. Okay, so there's that. And then secondly, you 10 years ago, I, this is not the 2013, one of the most dominant teams that ever existed in Florida State. At least I don't think so. But you were there on the road at Pitt, Jameis' first game, and you saw the way those Pitt fans looked when they saw what Florida State was about. This it wasn't like that. Jameis was great from the first snap that night. It was crazy. This was different. This was time released. It was like a time release pill, and it, and it was third yeah. quarter. Yeah. Did the LSU fans' expressions remind you of perhaps 10 years ago against Pitt? I think they were frustrated because they had the lead at halftime. You know, they're thinking to themselves, 17, 14 and a half, right? I yeah. think they're thinking, yeah. I mean, damn it, man. We're right there. We had opportunities to have a bigger lead. I don't think they viewed us in the same way that Pitt viewed us. Like, I think probably in the middle of the second quarter against Pitt, Pitt fans were like, well, is this kid going to throw an incomplete pass? What the yeah. hell? Yeah. Um, you know, they were frustrated watching just how good he was. LSU had, unfortunately for them, they had a belief they were going to win the game. For half the game, they thought they were going to win the game. Probably probably for two and a half quarters. Correct. They, it, they were going to win the game. At 24-17, they're moving the ball. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. So they, they think they're going to win the game. And then the next thing you know, it, it, it's very sudden almost. You know, we get a stop, we go down and score. And I think once it's 31-17, they're kind of resigned to the fact that they're in big trouble. Yeah. And then obviously it only gets worse from there. So, um, you know, the Renardo Green interception, like just I, I think that at, at some point they're like, well, Boy, we were robbed of all energy on that with the TV broadcast because they were rolling the Norvell interview, you know, to start each quarter. They, they do the interviews. Mm -hmm. And so it's full sound on Norvell, no sound of the stadium. You're just watching it happen. So you got to be alert. A lot of people at the bar were not because, you know, you don't expect there to be a play rolling. So it's unlucky for the production crew, but I'm sure that place went batshit. Oh, I mean, it had to have. Yeah, it was nuts. It was awesome. 
And uh, yeah, we were all falling all over each other. It was, yeah, it was, it, it's the, it's the realization we're going to win. And now there's, there's blood in the water. There's a chance to blow their ass out. There's a chance to, yeah. And to get out of jail free card. Correct. And everybody kind of knew it. The last quarter is just a big celebration of Florida state football being back and dominating LSU and, you know, sort of a thumbing of the nose to um, Vegas favoring LSU and the national media picking LSU. And I don't like to, overhype that people love to create reasons to have angst towards others. Um, I just, you know, look, I picked 41, 24 when we did our predictions yep. and I, I, I don't know that I would have said hey, we would play that poorly in a half like we did, but I just believed, and I, this was the reason for my pick. I just believed that Florida state's offense had too many people to guard. Just too many weapons. It's like when you play a really good basketball team, like when Golden State is on their run and was on their run, you know, like, what are you going to do with Steph? Okay, well, you know, what are you going to do with Jordan Travis? Okay. Yeah. What are you going to do with Clay Thompson, who's just going to drain threes when you try to, you know, shade towards Steph? Oh, oops. You got to leave him open. Yeah. Great. And then if you if you really overextend, you get beaten the blow bys by everyone on that team. Draymond's a really mo like, so when I look at Florida State, I'm like, what are you going to take away? All right, yeah. you want to take that away? Well, these other five dudes can beat you. Yeah. Oh, you want to try to take these two things away? Well, we got three or four in our back pocket over here. Like, there's, it's a problem, Tom. Yeah, you know, uh, there are two plays that Keon made last night that one was descript and one was not. There's a catch when we're coming off of our goal line. It's on second down. Yeah. Jordan rolls right. Yeah, it's over it's by the, the sideline and sets up third and five. The angle he's got to put his body in in yeah. order to allow the ball to arrive in his hands. I hope your son was watching that because the dynamics are uh, as a receiver, that's so difficult to do. He made it look so easy. Mm -hmm. And then the timing and the body control on the shot play as we get going in the second half. Yeah. Jordan hits the bomb. It's near midfield. It's not one of the touchdowns. But it's just he found a way to create a path for himself to where he'll arrive where the ball will be at the right time. So yeah. it doesn't give the defender a chance to get there before him. It's subtle, but it's so silky, man. That dude is unreal silky. Well, and then the head top of uh, Major Harris, Major Burns. Yep, yep. Uh, he head tops Major Burns, and Major Burns doesn't do anything wrong. It's great coverage. He even gets his hand in between while they're fighting yeah. for it, and Keon's too strong. This is what we saw all camp. That kid, like Jordan against the camp performance was not that great. Ke that's exactly who Keon was this whole last month. That's exactly who the hell he he's is. He's the most refined player on the team. I really believe that. And I think he's also just like a grown-ass man watching him. It's like he's just about the business. Yep. That's a that's a draft pick you'd like to have in Tampa. Oh, for sure. Like, and the thing is, you know, he can he can get better too blocking on the perimeter. He he sometimes he makes a choice and and he he's a good teammate because you'll pull guys aside and coach them. It's like mm -hmm. he's a good citizen and a good teammate. He can do a little bit better in blocking. And that's where like Johnny is so easy to root for. That play to Toa Feely. It's the fourth down play, yeah. brilliant design. I had not seen that in camp. Had you seen Love that it. play? No, I hadn't seen that yeah. play, yeah. So they were saving that one. Uh, there are days that they practice we can't go. I'm sure as hell they installed that one when we weren't mm -hmm. there. So Johnny's dragging at about yep. two, three yards depth. Catch Satoa Feely. Johnny immediately whips his head around, looks for somebody to block. He's got his hand up pointing to Toa Feely saying, go, go. <laughs> and he takes on two blocks, yeah. one dude for two guys down the field. Yeah. And then as Toa Feely cuts back, he's got his hand in the sky. I'm like, man. 
Just catch the ball more consistently. I love you. I love that guy. Oh, there's a lot to like about the guy. I, I get on him about the drops because I want him to catch the ball. I want him to be better, and I know he can be. He does so many. I've never – I'm not telling you I don't want him on the team. He, he still had a good game. He still ended up having a good game. Yeah. He just th – those are killers, though. I mean, that third down drop is – I mean, it's, it's Which as one? easy a catch as you can make. Which one of the two? Well, yeah. And and the first third down catch he makes is a really difficult ball. That's just oh, who he is. Down on the ground for a yeah. six seven guy, and he's got to go down there and get it. Yeah. Hey, so listen, that's it for it right now. We just wanted to react. It was a good time. Great to see everybody out there. Don't forget, join the battles in and be a part of why you see this talent continuing to uh, stockpile here in Tallahassee at Florida State. It's thebattlesin.com. Uh, I want to thank all of you, Tom. Great work. I know you did a lot of work this weekend, buddy. It was great. Uh, our stage setup was fantastic. Best pregame show we've ever done together. That was so much fun up on the big stage with the big speakers and thousands of people. That was that was really cool. It felt, it felt a little different, didn't it? It felt, pro. It felt pro is what it felt like. Yeah. It, it, it felt like um, that was what was uh, what was needed, and it felt like – you know, frankly, we deserve that, Tom. So it was good stuff. It was it's good been stuff. a long road. Uh, well, <laughs> since you did that, I know we keep saying last thing, but Jay Peeper, uh, our contact yeah. in Orlando that set it up. Jay, thank you. You were a brilliant liaison. Yep. Um, we couldn't have asked for anything more. And then to Matt, the sound engineer, that guy was killer, dude. He worked his ass off. He yeah. did. And he helped us a lot. So yeah. thank you to those two gentlemen. All right, brother. I will uh, be on the smash at seven. I'll see you Wednesday.